Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Today on the Fearless Vampire podcast, we are going to pivot in a different direction. And I'm really excited to introduce you to one of the most amazing healers that I have ever met personally and have gotten to work with who has very quickly become a friend. As most of you know, back in 2021, I went through a major shift in my life health-wise. I lost sight in my right eye, and I had always kind of been interested in Eastern medicine, but I hadn't really dove into it until my back was against the wall and I completely went blind in my right eye. The doctor that I was seeing at the time told me that it was probably related to an autoimmune disorder. And I told him, definitely not. I know what this is. I know this is stress. And I'm going to figure out how to heal my body before I take any more steroids or ever let this happen again. At that point, he laughed at me and told me it was like bringing a spray bottle to a bonfire by pursuing Eastern medicine. And thank goodness my husband was there because I was shocked that he would say something so ignorant. And my husband said, no, it's like removing the firewood from the bonfire. And it was at that moment that I realized that my health as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a human being, my health was in my own hands and not in the hands of somebody with a white coat on. So it was at that point in my journey to healing myself that I met Jacqueline Allen. And it was by happenstance, uh, my, my husband, who hadn't really been on the Eastern medicine bandwagon with me, was like, can you find somebody who does acupuncture here close to home, not, not in Denver, which is almost three hours from where we live? He said, can you find somebody who lives close to home that you can just go see every week? We've got to hit this hard. And I'm so grateful that I had my husband there to, to really push me. And my searches led me to meeting Jacqueline. So Jacqueline is an acupuncturist. She's an astrologist and a soul alchemist. Whenever she works with patients, she formulates a unique transformational session so that you can step into your most authentic expression of yourself. All at the same time, you'll be listening to your body with her, your mind and spirit to really focus in and hone in on what your heart's compass is in order to navigate your own unique healing path. And let me tell you, she has absolutely changed my life. So Jackie, I am so grateful that you are here. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Oh, Taylor, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for sharing your story. It is rather remarkable. And I'm so grateful to be joining you on your journey. And both you and your husband uh, touched in on the two really important factors of holistic health, which is treating the root of a problem versus just trying to alleviate uh, symptoms. So it's, it's beautiful to hear again, 
I like to think that my story is unique and like I was super empowered and like took on my own my own health journey and I guess like in in western culture it is but I also feel like there's this movement of people who are realizing that they don't have to trust somebody just cuz they're in a white coat and tell them hey you have this diagnosis and even whenever the doctor told me that it could be autoimmune related, I asked him, well, what, is, what does that mean? I mean, there's a bajillion autoimmune disorders. And essentially, all autoimmune means is that your body is attacking itself. And for me, it was my, it was my right eye. And so whenever I asked him, well, which, which autoimmune disease is it? He said, well, I don't know. Do you want to go through $10,000 worth of testing to find out? And it was at that moment that I realized he was just, he was totally guessing. He was just pulling a guess out of not thin air. He was looking at my symptoms. He knew what I had and what can cause it. But I I remember thinking, well, if he can just guess, then I can just guess. But I can just guess in a way that feels way more aligned with my energy and the direction that I want my life to go in. And I I don't have to listen to this guy. So yeah, I, I, I like to think that it's a unique story, but I feel like there is this movement, and maybe you can touch on that, this movement of people who are really taking their health back into their own hands and more focused on healing themselves, like you said, and less focused on just popping an aspirin or an ibuprofen to get rid of that pain. Yeah, it it is unique. And in essence, you're absolutely right. There is this movement. And for me, it's this movement of remembering uh, how to listen to ourselves. The, the body in East Asian medicine is the wisdom keeper. And so when, when somebody arrives in my office and we start discussing their symptoms and their ailments and their discomforts, I am hearing those messages as the primal guide within. And we can even, you know, I, I like to talk about uh, one of the ways I help people is helping them rewrite their story. And that uh, version of medicine that you got from that doctor is a story from Western medicine. And, and even if we look a little deeper into that autoimmune, it's self-destruction. On some level, self-destruction is happening. Oh my gosh, that's like painful to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and you knew, you're like, you're like, I know this is stress. I know something about my life is not fully in alignment so that I'm actually breaking down as I'm pushing forward. And the, the struggle with Western medicine is they can name that, but uh, there's not oftentimes the support, okay, what do I do with that now? How do, I, how do I reevaluate my life? And so when you come to East Asian medicine, we hear those similar themes and that's why it's really important for me to listen to the body, but then to engage the mind with the, with the storytelling. What are we telling ourselves from our past, from this moment, into our future? And how can we tap back into our hearts so that it's our heart that actually is the compass that drives us forward? And I'm helping whoever's in front of me tap into their heart. I can't know the way for anyone except myself, but I can empower another individual to really attune to their own frequencies so we can start to reevaluate together, okay, what is going to be the, the most healthy path forward for you? How do you live well and not just survive? How do you thrive? And how do you reclaim your wellness in all that you do? We've been given really 
core pictures of entrepreneurship, of, of female empowerment, of living successfully in the world. And we've been told you've got to, you know, really give all of yourself to the point that, you know, you, you do break down a little bit. And, and I, I have experienced another way in my own practice. And I love helping others who are holding space for other people in the world, whether it is as through healing modalities or as you do holding space for uh, the, the beautiful ceremonies at weddings and, and really empowering all of us to reattune to our, our soul frequencies because our, our guides and our messages are, are in there. And, and when we can really operate from that level of existence, we, one, we start to hear the messages sooner. So we attune to our senses to be able to really gather that information at a deeper level. We can hear it at a whisper and we don't have to wait for the screaming of the body or the heart or the mind. And it really reprograms the whole approach to how do we live in this world that we're all uh, existing in together. So I had said, Jackie, that whenever I got, you know, this diagnosis, which is, again, is just a hypothesis of an autoimmune disease, that word disease, I feel whenever we hear that in our culture, immediately you can just crumble. But your approach to disease, whenever you explain to me your idea of disease and what it actually is, I felt such a relief. Like I remember just like sitting back whenever I heard you say what disease was and taking this like deep cleansing breath. I would love for you to share what disease looks like in Eastern medicine, what it actually means versus our like crumble, fall apart, give me all the medicine that we are used to in our culture when you hear the word disease. Yeah. And and we can really just start to pick that word apart just a little bit. And, and really the word is dis-ease. So something that is not easeful, something that we experience as uncomfortable. And again, the, the way of uh, East Asian medicine is to follow the body's wisdom. So there is always uh, the body and the mechanism of, of what the body is trying to do as it meets the external environment. And, and there's always both. So it's never just one-sided. We can look at something like the common cold or a really strong emotion and there's always the way the body's reacting or responding, ideally, and then the, the pathogen or the emotion itself. And the disease, the disease arise, arises when we are out of balance, when we don't have the resources to tend to whatever condition we're being met with. And so we always look at, well, where is our greatest empowerment? One, how can we resource ourselves? How can we stabilize and support and nourish our only vessel? You know, we hear this all the time, you know, your body is a temple and, and it really is, this is our only physical body that we have in this lifetime. And it's up to us. Nobody else can do it for us. You know, even if we're going to ask for help, we have to make that decision. We have to say, it's worth my time. It's worth my money mm -hmm. to carve out this space to ask for help, to receive tender love and care. 
And so nobody can do that for us. And, and so once we take ownership of our own temple, our own physical reality, then we do have to get curious also about the environment. Again, we're taught, you know, unconsciously to show up to environments that are harmful for us Mm -hmm. and reevaluating the benefit that we likely receive in the same environment and, and recalibrating that equation so that we, so the body can do what the body's trying to do all the time, which is heal itself and to, to thrive. The body's not here to just survive. We do have survival mechanisms where we're hijacked into fight or flight state all the time. We live, our culture lives in fight or flight and we don't even know it anymore. We're so desensitized to it. And it's one of the things I love the most about acupuncture is no matter what we're needling somebody for, the needles really send the body into the parasympathetic nervous system response. So rest and digest. And and we're so often outside of that state, but it is the only state that we can heal. So when we're in survival mode, when we're in fight or flight, we are literally just surviving. And everything in our body, all of our chemical reactions, our hormones, again, our nervous system is there to just keep us alive. But when we can come into rest and digest, these are the yin and yang states. So these, this duality that coexists in everything that we do, the inhale, but then the exhale, the surrender, the sleeping at night, the restful state. And, and again, how do we bring those equations into balance in our own life? And I'm not here to say that there's a perfect, you need half and half. Because for somebody, balance actually might look like a high amount of energy. And their system, their whole being, their mind, their body, their spirit really thrives on high vibration and and a little bit more go, go, go. And the amount of rest they need will be a little bit less when compared to someone else. And but that will be perfect balance for them. And they'll they'll know in their body, they'll know in their heart, they'll know in the mind when when things start to feel a little bit more easeful. So out of that dis-ease, because it, life is not supposed to be 100% comfortable. You know, growth happens in those zones of discomfort. And so, again, really empowering people to hear their messages so that they can create the life that is best for them. I love, Jackie, that you pointed out that we do have to be our own advocate for ourselves because... I know, especially as women, and for me being in the in the entrepreneurial world that I'm in, and a mom and a wife and all these other titles that I wear, I'm always putting other people first. And I actually, whenever I went through this uveitis, whenever I went blind, I thankfully had a partner who was like, you focus on you, I'm taking care of everything else. He was like, I don't care what, what you have to do. I don't care how inconvenient it is for you know our family schedule or whatever it is he was like i need you to focus on you and i needed that permission and i wouldn't have gotten that permission but advocating for myself once i did start moving into that world of i have to prioritize myself i have to make this part of my job is giving myself like you said this rest and digest period i think for the first year after i met you I literally would lay down either on a yoga mat or in bed and I would have to put my hands on my stomach and say, 
we are in rest state right now. Uh, we are resting. I had to just keep telling my body we're resting, we're resting because of this, like this life that I had built for myself of serving other people and putting others first, all like, you know, almost to not almost, but definitely in a detrimental space. I had to actually talk to my body and tell my body when, when, when it was okay to rest. And I mean, even this week, I'm seeing you before I go to a wedding. And like in the past, that that would not have been space that I would have created for myself. But working with somebody like you, even you gave me permission to do that. When you're like, I'm available Saturday morning at 10 a.m., can you make it work? I'm like, yep, I'll be there right before I have to go, you know, now hold space and perform at a really high level as, uh, as an entrepreneur and as a woman and as a space holder. Uh, you gave me that permission. So I, I love that you point out how intentional we do have to be, especially as women who I think most of us were probably raised in a world where we do have to put others first, always. We are just brought up that way. That's what our culture expects of us is that if you're not a martyr or if you're not living in this martyrdom state, then you're doing something wrong. And if you put yourself first, if you take care of your own needs first, which is so funny that on airplanes, they tell you, put your own oxygen on before you put on your, your own child's oxygen or the person next to you. That's the only place that you're given permission, I feel like in our culture, to serve yourself first. And I'm so grateful for the work that you do because you do give people that permission to heal themselves first before they try to give to anybody else. Yeah, it, this is so deeply rooted in our culture to give women and especially mothers, I don't have children of my own, but I work with a lot of mothers and I hear this again and again, the expectation to always give. And we, we unconsciously have really created this environment where that is how women will continue to show up in their homes as, as mothers and wives and also in their businesses. And it is and it is the antithesis to true success and wellness. And yeah, speaking to this permission, I'm, I mean, it's beautiful that your, your husband has been so incredibly supportive and what a gift. And yeah, the foundation to health as you're speaking to these emergency type situations, we know um, even in first aid, you know, they say, check the environment first, make sure you're safe and, and you're well before you jump in to help someone else. And we really, that now is the time to really start to really bring this into all areas of our life. And the, when we do, when we allow that, when we, when we give ourselves permission, everything, this, this idea of effortless effort starts to show up. So we do the work of tending to ourselves which again, if we're not asking for it, if we're not staking that claim, it's not going to happen. We we're the we feed ourselves. We get up. We take our showers. You know, as adults, we we have that full autonomy. And so, if we're not as you were doing, holding hand on your belly, you know, relearning how to rest, if we're not tending to those areas of our life with the same amount of vigor that we tend to the growth and wellness of our children or the growth and success of our business that we care so deeply about. If we're not reflecting that back onto ourselves with the same tenacity, it, it's all, it will all break down. It's only a matter of time. 
because you're the center of all that other tending. And so we really, again, yeah, need to encourage each other as community members to have space to tend to ourselves however we need to do that. And it will look different for everyone. Some people need quite a bit more yin time, more rest time in comparison to the action that they do in the world. And some people are pretty even one side to the other. And and other people live lives that appear to be chaotic and, and expansive, but they do take the time and the amounts they need it to rest and rejuvenate and recuperate, that they're able to sustain those high intensity outputs. So, so it's just different for all of us. One of the things that I remember you telling me, Jackie, that really, really gave me so much peace and also gave me so much patience and grace for myself was I think I had been seeing you for for a couple months and I was starting to get frustrated because I said, I know this now, I, I, I know it, but why am I still getting migraines? Why am I still getting sick? Because I moved from getting migraines into throwing up whenever I had a really high stress situation. And you told me your brain knows it, but your body doesn't trust your brain yet. And your body is not there yet. And I had just never really viewed those two as separate entities. And so what I was telling myself, what you were telling me, what the other healers that I was working with were telling me, it all made sense in my head. And I, I would have like, I felt like every time I left a session with you, it was just epiphany after epiphany after epiphany. And I would come home and tell Mike, Jackie's the smartest woman I've ever met. She's so cool. And I just, I just think the world of you. But then it did get to a point where I think maybe a lot of other people get to where you go, well, this isn't working. I guess it's never going to work. And you try to move on to the next thing or you do go back to using a a Band-Aid to cover it up. But whenever you told me that your body doesn't trust your mind yet, oh my gosh, that just gave me so much freedom in letting my body go through whatever it needed to go through, whether that was a migraine, whether it was physically vomiting whether it was, you know, resting for two days at a time, it gave it, you just gave me that permission. Again, as a mom, it was really hard to come home after shooting a wedding all day and sleep for, you know, 18 hours or like a day and a half. It was really uncomfortable to ask my husband for that. But it, I just, can you touch more on that? On like our brains, knowing what they know, and it makes sense in our brain, but our body after, you know, what, 33, 34 years of being in this survival mode, it just wasn't, they they were not talking. They were not connecting. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to have awareness of, and you're right. It is, it is hard when we are in our journeys, uh, when, when it gets dark and overwhelming and we're seeing a little progress, but it doesn't feel like it's happening fast enough. And our bodies are dense matter. And a thought, an epiphany, a revelation is a sudden, instantaneous, inspired energy that comes into being. And it takes time for the body to, again, trust is a, is a big, big component and to relearn how to be. And these conditions, when even if, even if it feels sudden, it says, gosh, I, I have no idea what could have possibly contributed to this. One day I was fine. The next day I wasn't. 
Why can't I keep going the way I used to? I didn't change anything. These conditions don't develop overnight. And so it's hard to know how long has the body been managing something that truly isn't fully serving of it, trying to keep it together, trying to keep you alive, keeping your heart beating, breathing for you all the time. And it gets to a point where it just can't anymore and the symptoms express. And so if we can acknowledge in our in our life, whether we, we know the details of it or not, we can say, look, this, this didn't develop overnight. It took time to come into being as this really atrocious, uncomfortable state. And even when we start to connect our heart and our mind, I would say your heart got activated when you heard that, you know, Western diagnosis and you said, there's more here. There's something else here for me to look at. That was your heart guiding you. And then your thoughts started to come into play, started to piece these patterns together for yourself. And you're like, I see it. I do. I see it. I'm awake to it. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then the slow acceptance of, okay, now I have to make a ritual of embracing and committing to these new ways of being so that my body has time to heal, has time to reprogram itself. And then in unison, the mind, body, and spirit will will start to demand that in the future. If you really take your wellness into your own hands and you say, you know what, this is really inconvenient, but if I sleep 18 hours right now, that is what my body's needing, I start to see some improvement. If you allow that guidance, again, your body guiding you, oh, really, I have to sleep for 18 hours? If you allow that, trust it. You had a beautiful support system. So again, what a gift. And and then the body's going to start feeling this so much, the body's wisdom will begin claiming this for yourself. You'll you'll book a huge weekend. Your your mind will have overdone it and something in your body will say, you know what? I'm going to drop off one of these clients. I can't, this just isn't serving me. And And your whole life will start to move in alignment with these new patterns that you've been dedicated enough to sit with over time. That, oh, I just, I could like sit and listen to you for legitimately days, Jack, Jackie. I just like, I love, you have so much wisdom in you. And so tell me, Jackie, there's, there's a lot of healing methods out there. There's a lot of you know, between acupuncture, astrology, sound healing, massage therapy, there's, there's like, there's so much there, like therapy itself, nutrition. I mean, I could go on and on. What was it about specifically acupuncture and astrology that drew you in? And why was that such a huge vein for your career? Like, have they, have they always been a part of your life? Did you grow up in a in a world where Eastern medicine was really accepted and encouraged? What, what did that look like for you? No, that is a great question. And no, I did not. I grew up in Central America, not of uh, the US, so in Kansas. And so Midwest, and there were no acupuncturists, there was no alternative healing, definitely no appreciation for nutrition. And so I had really no awareness until my late teens, I started getting curious about food, wanting to live healthier. I moved away. Uh, I've been out in Colorado since I was 20 years old. And so Colorado was much different, uh, far more holistic based. But I still had never come into contact with acupuncture until 
I had, I used to do trail work. So I did manual labor out in our mountains and I would do restoration. I would cut in new trail and I ended up with a physical ailment. I had what, you know, they could commonly call tennis elbow. And one, I was, you know, early twenties, they said I was going to need surgery and they said I would likely never heal from this. It's always going to bother me. And I just did not like that answer. I was like, I am so young. My, I know my body can heal and there's got to be another way. So I did six months of uh, pretty intermittent PT. Uh, they were kind of resolved to, yeah, there's not much we can do. If you really want to fix it, you got to do surgery. And I, I just was not having that. And so I can't fully remember how it came into my awareness, but someone said, try acupuncture. And I was so unaware to the interconnectedness of my entire self. I hadn't yet come into that feeling in my own body. And so I went to acupuncture and I was just there for my elbow. They would ask me all these questions and want to know about the wholeness of my life. And I'm like, you know what? It's just the elbow. I just want this elbow <laughs> to feel better. And, and slowly, but, but very powerfully, everything in my life started to change. I started connecting my emotions to my well-being. I've always struggled with uh, intense uh, waves of, of irritation or anger that I just didn't know what to do with. And as my elbow started to heal, whenever a wave of anger would come through, it would inflame my elbow. So inflammation, heat in the body. Whoa. Talk about your body talking to you immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was saying, we can't fully heal this elbow if you don't look at this other energy in your body. And so, and this was without me ever mentioning any of this to my acupuncturist. I wasn't open enough. I didn't feel safe enough. I didn't think I had anything that I needed to work on. And, and so, but I made the Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. And, and other things, my sleep started improving. My arms used to go to sleep at night. I just had really poor circulation, just gone. And it's been gone ever since. And, and so these things started shifting. I, very curious, wanted to know more. I said, there's something here. One thing I've had since I was a little girl is this awareness of things are infinitely big as they are small. I used to love looking at microscopic images of cells and things within the body because it, to me, it looked like something you would see on the earth if you, if you zoomed out and had a really big earth picture of our cities and our nervous system. And, and I could always just see the correlation from what's within to what's without. And so when I started following East Asia medicine and learning more, it just fit my inherent nature. I didn't know it. But the more I learned, the more it felt like home. And, and, and the rest is history. I, I knew that that's what I wanted to study. And so I got my associate's degree in biology and I started the long journey of getting myself to acupuncture school. I even apprenticed with an acupuncturist in Leadville before I went to school because he was open to it and I was going to him to see for, for treatments for myself. And the astrology piece, ever since I was a little girl, I've always been yes, curious. Yes, I'm excited to get into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was always curious, but I never met an astrologer when I was a little girl. Had I met an astrologer, I think my journey would have began a lot sooner. But this is the power of astrology. I only knew my sun sign, but we are our entire charts. And so I didn't fully resonate with my sun sign enough to explore it. 
But when I got to acupuncture school, one of my fellow colleagues now, my, my dear friend who was in school with me, was an astrologer. And the more acupuncture practitioners I met from East Asia, particularly Thailand and Cambodia and Vietnam, would share that astrology was part of the medicine. I didn't get any of this in school, and, and nobody who goes to acupuncture school in the States will get this connection. But the practitioners I started studying with outside of school, they said, you know, we have Taoist astrology, and, and the wholeness of health, the wholeness of well-being is not just the earth. It's not just our mind, our body, our spirit. It is our connection to what I would call the divine. And as humans on this earth, we've always been tracking the sky. We're, we're distanced from it because there are a lot of humans who live in cities now and truly can't see the nighttime sky. They can see the moon occasionally, but they miss out on the stars. But before our growth and industrial revolution and lights everywhere, we could all see the stars at night and the planets are the ones that move. And so there's this deep principle of as above, so below, as within, so without, and as the universe. So the, the universe, this vastness that we are woven within, so the soul. So as the universe, so the soul. And just this undeniable interconnectedness. And, and for me, that is my truth. That is what I want to share with the world. That is how I have connected most deeply with myself and have moved through trauma that I've experienced and, and remembered who I really am. And so I want nothing more than to share that with other souls. And right now, I, I, I don't have a full blending, but I, I feel in my future that this is going to continue to blend into one another to where my offerings are really unique, um, really uh, unique in the sense that we bring it all together. Um, but right now I have my full acupuncture practice and I, I, I treat from that medicine. Inevitably, people get all of me. So if I see connections I just can't not share, I share them. And, and so, you know, you might get a little astrology in your session. Um, but I have my uh, astrology readings that I do, which is really, really important to get into the energy with somebody of their present moment in their life um, to help guide them from that place. There's so much wisdom in our charts uh, that we can use to break out of old patterns. Uh, it really allows for the, the body to meet the mind and the heart in a new way. And, and then I do work with, with people, uh, th these are my alchemical sessions that once we've, we've tapped open that astrology chart, uh, if we really want to work with more esoteric ways of healing, uh, we can come together to focus on, on that. But the chart for me is always in the room because that's how, that's my symbology. That's how I connect with the person. So I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not, a, you know, a trained psychotherapist, anything like that. But, but I use the chart to really, um, help someone reconnect to themselves, um, in addition to the acupuncture. So. So is is that would would you say that's the most powerful 
piece of the astrology to like when it comes to assisting someone on their journey? Is it the overall awareness? And I'm I'm asking because I mean I I was so lucky to get to have an astrology session with you, and I went in with zero expectations because I like you. I didn't really. I'm, I'm an Aries, but I've never connected to that. Um, but whenever you told me what my, what my moon sign was, I was like that I can get on board with that feels, that feels good. And so having that session with you brought a lot of awareness, um, specifically to this, to the stage of life that I was in. Would you say that that's, that's the biggest piece for astrology when it comes to one's healing journey? Yeah. I mean, we could never know all of ourselves through, even through our astrology chart, through an entire lifetime. There's so much information there and it is, it is the, the circle, the Zodiac. So we are whole always perfect always, but at different points in our life, we're more focused on different areas. You know, you become a new mother Mm -hmm. and an entirely new energy that's always been a part of you is getting to blossom for the first time and will continue to develop itself. So absolutely this, this, this timing, this is the divine timing. And I love, uh, getting curious about that with someone when, you know, they say, Hey, I I want, I want a reading. I give them the times and, and they, they pick one. There's, it's just always remarkable and I'll never cease to be amazed. Um, the, the timing that a soul knows, okay, this is the conversation I need to have right now. This is precisely when I need help. This is precisely when I need to talk to this person. And we can track it in the chart. Um, it will the symbols will speak to us and will affirm that. And and so it's a ninety. You know, my readings are ninety minutes, and and that's uh, quite a bit of time for uh, an enormous amount of information to be downloaded. But it's only ninety minutes, and we're talking about somebody's life, and and so what wants to come through will absolutely come through, and it very much will tie into, you know, somebody's journey. It it may feel like it's coming from the past if they have a lot of deep healing to do still. Um, It it may be the past coming through to have a greater awareness and and greater healing. And it really could be these cycles of change where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing in my life anymore. I think I'm going to quit my job. I'm not sure what's happening. And we can get these affirmations. One, that the soul is ready for change and whether whether we claim it or not it it might happen so the more we claim it the more we feel empowered and um, i love hearing that you really connected with your moon because that that's exactly the experience i had and what drew me in deeper is uh learning about my moon i said there's absolutely something here and and again and again I, it's just so rewarding to see people feel witnessed, to see people feel seen. And astrology is the quickest way I've ever known to get there. And I can meet with a, a stranger, somebody I've never met before. And through the symbols, they can feel like I'm seeing a part of them that they didn't have to share with me. And I can't speak to the I can't overemphasize the power that has to feel seen, to feel reconnected with your life's purpose, with meaning, to put a little bit of uh, perspective on the experiences you've had and and to feel like you're 
you're not alone. It's a really intimate setting and you are you are quite the space holder, my dear. And I remember the first time that we ever spent time together outside of me getting a service from you, you were a totally different person. And I was like, whoa, I did not expect this from Jacqueline. But whenever we're in a session together, whether it is the astrology or acupuncture, you hold so much space for people to experience what they need to experience and to allow them to feel seen. And I just, oh my gosh, I feel like I've learned so much from you in that regard that I can carry over into my career of what it actually looks like to hold space for people and what it feels like to be seen. So I commend you for doing that and for being so intentional in your work. And I, I would love to know if you had, Jackie, a, uh, a Super Bowl commercial, if you got to say one thing to the world and the world got to see it during the Super Bowl, you had like the, the two roots commercial of the year. What, what, what would you say is the most important piece of advice for people either thinking about their starting their own healing journey, like for somebody who's like, something's off and I have these symptoms that are not going away. And I'm kind of seeing when they get triggered and when they get, when they get, you know, exacerbated, what would the message be for, for you on that Super Bowl commercial? What a great question. And I, I feel really strongly the answer in my heart. You did send me a little bit of preview that, that that might be something you would say when I read it. I was like, I have no idea. But you spoke it just <laughs> now. You spoke it just now and my heart knows. And and so what the message would be is you are enough. You are so <laughs> you are so enough. There is nothing you could do to increase your enoughness. And the reason I say that is because we come from the mentality, even coming to services like mine, of I am broken, I need to be fixed. There is something wrong. There is something wrong with me and I can't wait to change it. I can't wait to just not be this anymore. And I'm here to advocate and to say to all of you and to all of my clients and that you are enough. You are perfect. You are whole. You have never not been whole. And I love that, Jackie. Oh, could you yeah. like put a moon on it too? Because I, I started getting into the moon, I guess in the last year. And I, I, it was something that you said and also something that my therapist echoed was that you're always whole. And even when you can't see the moon, it's still there. It's still completely whole. You just don't get to see all of it. And earlier, I guess it was earlier this year and definitely in 2021, I did feel that brokenness. I felt like such a failure. I felt like I felt like initially my body had failed me. And then I realized, no, my body's been trying to talk to me since I was five years old and I started getting migraines and I just ignored it. But that wholeness, like Every time I look at the moon and whether it's a, you know, crescent moon, a full moon, a new moon, I know it's there and I know it's whole. And I had to keep coming back to that through this journey of healing, you know, despite how physically painful it was and emotionally dark and painful it was, I knew, okay, I like, because of what you had taught me, I know that I'm enough. 
I know that I am still a whole human being. It's just there's parts of me that are in the darkness right now and other people can't see and I can't even see, but it's still there. It's still there. That's such a Can you get t-shirts made that say you are enough? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love this idea. And I love the moon. The moon has been such my guiding light. And when I really connected with her in my own life and really started dreaming with her and heeding her as one of my guides, my life started to open up. And so, but this wholeness and 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 I say it um, in, in retreats that I do, in workshops that I do, because inevitably what happens, and I do this too, I hear something and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to help me so much. And it's the clarity around showing up from a place of love. I'm here because I love myself. Coming in for acupuncture, showing up for a a moon uh, journey retreat, uh, coming to a, a space of healing, not from I'm broken, I need help, but I love myself so much. I know that I'm worth more. I know that I deserve this space and I want access to this energy. And that wholeness, you know, we come back to your story and the uveitis and that's energy in your body, right? And so the mm-hmm. best the best way I describe healing is remembering wholeness. So remembering wholeness. And this word, the opposite of, uh, it's not really truly the opposite, but d- uh, dismember is a word that means to, to take apart, uh, to separate, to, to dismember something. Versus remember is let's put all those parts that we thought were parts, let's reclaim them into the wholeness they be. And this energy, so you had this energy in your body, it's talking really, really loudly, it's saying, I, and, and your whole being is saying, I need a new energy. And the new energy you've found, the new energy that uh, our work together has illuminated, that all the other healing spaces you've encountered have, have brought you to, is your energy. You, you've just gotten in touch with your energy that you couldn't feel anymore in those moments. And that's that wholeness. That's that wholeness where nobody gave you anything. They came to to help you with what you were showing up for yourself out of love. So yeah, this really this really powerful sense of wholeness. Jackie, when was the last time you didn't feel whole or feel enough? When was the last time that, because I know it's it's so easy for me to look at you and go, Jackie's got it all together. Like you are the topic of conversation between like me and four of my other friends. We're just like, have you seen Jackie? Have you talked to her? Do you have, an, do you, do you have a session with her? But oh when was God. the last time that you didn't feel whole? Yeah, me and Allison, we're like constantly talking about, about our sessions with you. <laughs> But when was the last time that you didn't feel whole? What, what, when was that? I mean, I'm sure it was, sure it's like daily, like the rest of us, but for you, what did that look like? Great question. All the time, all the time, all the time. (laughs) We are in a perpetual state of forgetting and remembering, forgetting and remembering this dance between this is, you know, part of my symbology with, with my, my business name is two roots. And I see it everywhere. And I'll give you a little yoga myth uh, briefly, but Shiva Shakti, Shiva Shakti, they're one, but they have separated to know each other. Uh, Wholeness, oneness can't know itself outside of itself because it's just completely whole and one. 
And so you you separate and you get two, but immediately there's this sense of, but wait, now I feel separate from you. I don't want that. I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And and Shiva goes to Shakti and she says, how can I know you more? And Shakti looks, or Shiva looks at Shakti and Shiva says, you are me. And this perpetual oh state of forgetting and remembering. So I forget all the time and I have people that I outsource to, to help resource me to be my mirror. Because when we're living in our own lived experience, we have all the voices. We have the critic, we have the cheerleader, we have the, you know, the judge, we have, you know, the one who just wants to be a child forever. And it's like, why do I have to work? We, you know, we have all of it. And so having space where I don't even have to hold space for myself is paramount. This becomes, I, I'll go share you a little story. I really, I thought I was going to be able to creatively work around this when I went to acupuncture school. I thought, oh, great. I'm going to, I'm going to know everything now and I'll be able to heal myself. <laughs> I'll be able to do treatments on myself. And this is just going to be great. I'm never, I'm not going to need help anymore. Like I'm figuring it out. What a little naive girl I was. And the capacity to hold space for yourself is one of the hardest things to do. We truly can't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We truly can't mm-hmm. do it objectively. And so that is what our sisters and our, our friends and our, our other space holders are there for us. Because we can say, hey, I know I can't see it all because I'm looking at it from my perspective. There's so much more that I can't see even about myself. And so please hold this space for me. I am going to set everything down right now while you take over. And I would caution against working with people who don't have their own mentors, who don't have their own uh, ways of, of asking for help, because it really becomes an inhibitor. And there's, there's always the ego, potentially, that wants to believe, okay, I, I got the answers, even at, from a session, you know, you were talking about your uveitis. Okay, I get it. I get it now. I figured out my stress. Okay, I'm good to go now. I got it. Versus, oh my gosh, I'm living my life every day. Every day is different. There are new variables. I'm constantly meeting new change. And this is the foundation of East Asian medicine. I think it's a beautiful thought to sit with. and. They go to healers, to doctors, to receive wellness as part of living. To be human, I go to receive aid from another. I do not wait until I'm sick. There's an adage Mm -hmm. um, from Lao Tzu, which says, if you wait until you're thirsty to dig the well, it's, it's too long. And so that's what we do. That's what we've been taught to do. We say, I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to tap into a resource until I'm completely dried up. But we want to tend to ourselves. I encourage people all the time, once we've uh, worked through something, uh, the moment you feel, okay, I'm good, take some time. Uh, I think breaks are absolutely necessary. But come back before the next symptom or the next scream, uh, whisper. Uh, give yourself permission to be tended to when you're not in pain. Oh, Jackie, that was pure gold. That was like, that was just magical. I, 
I so appreciate your vulnerability and your wisdom here today. This has just been, I'm going to listen. I listen to every podcast when it comes out, but I'll probably listen to this one like eight or 12 times just to keep remembering why, why we're on this journey and, <laughs> and like, you know, the, the purpose of it all. I'm really excited to share, to share with our listeners the work that you and I both have coming up, but is there anything that you have coming up currently, uh, programs or courses or offerings that you want people to, to, to know about and where they can find out more information? That's a great question. And for me, it is the Soulpreneur Retreat. So I feel so blessed to come together with you and three other incredibly powerfully inspiring women to create this space, to change the collective story, to really get into the the rhythm and the the meat of what does this look like? What what can we harness and and offering this retreat in this beautiful valley we all live so close to down at Joyful Journey Hot Springs. My whole heart and soul when you first reached out to me was said yes. And then as we've continued to to build and bring it into manifestation, I, I've never been more excited to come together in this way. And I, I just, it's so powerful and so needed. And I, I cannot wait to meet the souls who show up. And, and again, coming from this place of, of wholeness, I go to retreats all the time for myself. It's one of the, the ways that I outsource for my own uh, healing. There's something about gathering with others who are on a similar journey is so powerful and so beyond anything you could get one-on-one. We need all of it. And so I I can't wait to meet whoever shows up. Oh my gosh. Yes. And if you are, this is the first time we're actually really talking about it on the podcast, Jackie and I, as she said, and three other beautiful healing women have created the Soulpreneur Retreat, and it's going to be hosted February 7th through the 12th, 2023 um, at Joyful Journey Hot Springs, which is in and of itself, the hot springs is an outrageously healing space. And so this this retreat has been designed for high-performing, high-achieving female entrepreneurs who are absolutely exhausted and have kind of lost that purpose and that passion and know that there's something so much deeper to the work that they're doing that they're not quite in touch with. And it starts with healing ourselves. And so if you want to find out more, go to soulpreneurretreat.com. We will link it in the show notes. You can find out tons of information there. Save your spot there. I... Um, I just, I mean, whenever I reached out to these women and said, Hey, I have this idea, Jackie, your enthusiasm just completely lit me up as, as well as Danielle, Heather and Ashley's enthusiasm. It feels like the right time and space, like you said, for something like this and to really empower women to take back their own power and their health and listening to their body in so many different ways, whether it's in your, in your partnership, in your marriage, in your life, in your entrepreneurship and motherhood, wherever that area is, it's, it's, it's time to take that back. So be sure to check that out. Jackie, thank you so, so, so much for being here with us today. I am so excited about this episode. And again, I'm going to listen to it on repeat, probably at least once every two weeks. So (laughs) thank you so much for being here. 
Uh, Thank you, Taylor. It's been a a true pleasure. Awesome. Well, be sure to follow Jackie. Check out her work again. Check the show notes. Follow along on Instagram. And uh, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time on the Fearless Vampire Podcast.